Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and all my patron peeps. Uh, thanks, patrons. I've got a new way I'm describing you. Because it, it's true, you're rebels with a cause. Uh, you're ca- you know, because you're rebelliously paying for something free. Your cause, value for value. Keep the show going. Uh, help the podcast put people to sleep. Thanks, rebels. And uh, keep causing kindness out there. Uh, th- thanks, and uh, on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night uh, tossing, turning, mind racing, uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble uh, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, time, temperature, you know, changes. You work the second, you work the second shift, third shift. You're on a work trip. Someone else is on a work trip. You know, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to help with that. What I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna take this. I'm trying to create a safe place. I'm trying to smooth it and pat it and rub it down and say safe place, just like I was in, uh, you know, Mot- Motown Philly Harmony or something. And I'm going to pat this safe place. See, look, look at how nice it is. Uh, I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, uh, creaky, creaky dull, rust, rustified tangents, uh, superfluous words, unresolved metaphors, uh, friendly banter. Uh, I'm going to keep you company. And the way I'm going to do it, getting mixed up, that's another one. If you're new, this is your first couple times checking out the show, welcome. Uh, Here, have a seat in this nice, convenient, safe place, or stand if you prefer. And cross your arms, uncross them, whatever it is, roll your shoulders if you wish. I'm doing that. Uh, Probably not the best during a, a meet and greet like we're having here. But this is more like a greet and greet, greet, greet and greet. Great, I wish great rhymed with greet because uh, it'll be convenient right this second. But let me tell you, it's great to greet you, new listener. That's what I meant to say. Welcome to Sleep With Me. Podcast's a little bit different. So if you're new, I'm going to try to set you up here. But when I try to do that, I usually get I go off topic. So don't try to pay too close attention. Most regular listeners, which is probably like 150,000 people, listen multiple times a week. Uh, say it took two or three tries. So it took those, you know, and then there's other people that listen occasionally. So give it a few tries and see if it helps. But if you try to concentrate, you're welcome to concentrate as much as you want. That's why I'm saying it's great to greet you. The great, what about, have I ever told you about the story about the greatest greeter ever? Maybe I'll, maybe I could tell you that at some point soon. Uh, that might even be tonight's bedtime story, but, uh, I am not the greatest greeter ever, but it's great. What I was saying is it's so great to greet you, Uh, but don't try it. You can concentrate on this podcast, but it's more something you kind of consume loosely. Somewhere between background noise and a friend who who you're trying to follow their story, but only for the key points, but they add way more than the key points. You say, how to go with that meeting? And they say, oh, which the meeting this morning? Oh, boy. Well, let me tell you about breakfast first. And you're like, well, I just wanted to know how it went in the meeting, good or bad. But you can't really say that because you're friends. So you say, okay, oh, wow, frosted flakes, eh? Oh, the frosting was off on your frosted flakes. Oh, you only have frosted, that was frosted full of flake day. Oh, and it reminds you of snowflake. Okay, okay. What about, oh, and then maybe you try to interject. You say, well, that's just what, so, oh, the meeting, though. Oh, yeah, I'm getting to the meeting. But, uh, yeah, then I was, then so then I may put them in a bowl. But then I, I went in another room because I heard I heard that the TV was on. I forgot to turn off the TV. And then I said, or watched a report that said smiling increases your uh, likelihood to smile by 100%. And I wondered if that, I said, that's new. That's good news, I guess. Is that good news or is that a joke? And then I shut it off. 
Oh, the meeting, though. Yeah, you were wondering about the meeting at work uh, because then my. Uh, so then I drove my car into work and parked as I normally do. We, well, we, you know, I do the gar- carpool with uh, everybody in the carpool except uh, Jacob at that day. Jacob was working remotely. And I said, remote, you're, you're home. We, we live in an urban area. It's not remote. Uh, you're, you're in a, you're in a very pop- apartment building, Jacob. Uh, I'd say if you were on a tundra, that's working remotely. It, so I don't know if you have any friends like that, but I, that's what I tend to be like. I just gave you a little sampling. Oh, so I was going to say, uh, don't try to pay too close attention. And so that's one thing. I was going to. I was trying to be concise right up front. Uh, so uh, here's the structure of the show. That's one thing. So the, it starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it podcast free. You know, we made make it uh, twice a week. Uh, so there's that. Um, what else was I going to say? I'm already mixed up. So the, oh, it starts off with business. Then there's an intro. Uh, intro is a little bit different because usually intros you say, "Well, what's it take? Thirty minutes? Thirty seconds? Uh, one minute to intro a podcast?" unless it's a really high concept. And I say, well, mine's more of a concept where it seems like uh, somebody's high, not me. And I don't think I'm high-minded. I mean, my brain probably has gotten too much altitude. Uh, but so, what was I going to say? So the intros, they take around 12 minutes. It's, but it's a show within a show. Trust me, if you stick around and get to know it, you'll, you'll know, hey, I love the intro, or I might want to skip the intro. Or like a lot of people, you'll use the intro as the start to your wind-down routine. You brush your teeth. Maybe you'll you know put your socks on, take your socks off, put on your PJs, whatever whatever it is that works. Bring your pets or, you know, like me, Koa, my dog. What she likes to do, she has her dog bed. And usually I let her go to the restroom outside and then uh, in the, the great natural restroom. And then she comes in, and I say, ready for bed? And then she'll get in bed, and then I'll put a blanket on her and tuck her in. That's part of my wind-down routine. That's her wind-down routine real quick. Oh, but so the intro is like a bit of meandering of me just trying to describe the podcast. It's a microcosm, I think, of the podcast. Uh, So it takes a while, but it's part of the show, and it's part of the method. But you can skip it if you need to. And to skip right to the story, maybe the greatest greeter. I don't know if that'll be a story we tell because I haven't told it yet. But I'm glad you're here. That's one thing. So that's the structure show. So there's the intro, then a little business, then the bedtime story part, which could be just about anything. And then the thank yous. And there's no pressure for you to listen or to fall asleep. You don't have to pay attention to me. I hope I can be just interesting enough to take your mind off stuff, but in meandering and harebrained is the way I've been described. And I say harebrained like H-A-I-R or H-A-R-E, because it, I'll agree with you. Either way, I'm just wondering, just so I can wrap my brain around it, you know, if I'm harebrained, I got to wrap my brain and my mind around this whole harebrained thing. And that's two different things to wrap my mind around, being, you know, hair or hair. And if it's H-A-R-E, I got to probably go run after, I guess, yeah, well, I got to go catch that harebrained, harebrained of mine. Uh, so th- that's the structure of the show. No pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for an hour, whether you're awake or asleep. And uh, the thing is, I make this show all the way to the end because I know there's a small portion of, portion of listeners that are here all the way to the end or people that are temporarily, you know, really up. And I'm going to here to keep you company. Whether you're awake or asleep, I'm here to be at your bedside, it's trying to comfort you, it's trying to be your friend, your boyfriend, with friendly banter, as they said. I'm not here to be the greatest greeter of all time. I'm just here to be, you see, well, that was a pretty good greeting you did, to Scoots. It was 12 minutes. You could have said, welcome to the store. And they said, well, yeah, they took, They said, can you hand in your smack or, or whatever? And they said, well, I really like this smack. And they said, well, we don't have, actually, our greeters are paid anyway. You can't be a voluntary greeter. And where do you, and I said, well, I hope this is a homemade smock. Actually, I own it. Uh, so you can't take it back. And they said, well, actually, we own that branding. So technically, and I said, oh, boy. 
Uh, that was, that's a for another. That's a tale for another day, never to be told, except uh, to the superior, whatever. When, when you know, when they call me up and uh, what was they saying? I'm here to keep you company, to be your friend. Uh, so it's a structure show. No pressure to fall asleep. No pressure to listen. You know, I make this show because I've been there this week. To be honest, like I've really been baffled around my own sleeping, particularly last night. I had one of those moments, not a super intense moment, but where I didn't want to know. It was too dark. I was wide awake. I woke up. I wasn't sleeping good. Woke up, and I didn't even want to know what time it was unless I said, well, I know it's not raining. I said, maybe maybe the sun's behind like 50 clouds. Uh, but I said, it's, it's so dark that I really don't want to know what time it is because now I'm debating, should I just get up? Like, I was just awake, and I said, well, what in the heck? I mean, I knew why I was awake. I said, well, I got a lot on my mind and stuff. But uh, uh, that's why I make this show is because it would be nice, uh, I thought, when I first I said, if if there was someone there to say, hey, uh, it looks like you can't sleep. I'll check what time it is. I won't even tell you. I won't even show you any body language so you could guess. But I'll tell you about the tale of the time I went to buy a clock and I met the greatest greeter. Instead, because I'll be here, because I know you're having trouble. It looks like you're, it looks like the stuff you had. It, I saw you tossing and turning there. Let me tuck you in, just like you tuck in your puppy dog, Kopu. And let me say, I'm here to help, and I'm here to take your mind off of the fact that you don't want to know what time it is, or you don't want to think about that stuff. I'm going to be here to tell you, because I was going to get a clock, uh, and, and, and that, that person won't be, te- that imaginary person within my brain won't be telling you the story about the greatest greeter, but I will be. So I make a show because I've been there and I know how it feels and I really truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. I work very, very hard on the show because uh, I'd like to help you. Uh, I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Thanks for giving me your time. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. All right, everybody. Hey, it's it, it's uh, welcome to another episode of Sleep with Me, and uh, so you guess you heard in the intro, which I, I did uh, before I recorded this episode. Sometimes, believe it or not, this is a little bit of behind the scenes. Sometimes I record the intro after the episode. It kind of depends. It usually takes so long to record, in a bit, quite a bit of uh, energy. I don't know if that's brain glucose in the brain or what. Uh, that I like to record, uh, ideally, in the perfect world, the thank yous, any teasers or prep stuff, and then the intros one day, and then the episode and something to warm up with, uh, record something else warming up uh, the next day. Yeah, but lately, usually, recently, other than yesterday, well, yesterday was a Sunday, I said I didn't have to record to talk about positive. Uh, I'm getting deja vu as I'm doing this, too. But to talk about positive, I said, you know what? We have a little time, Scoots. So let's do an intro thank yous at, and a, a Brooklyn spot on a Sunday. And then we'll do a show on Monday. And then we'll already be ahead for the week. Because every week my goal is to record ideally two, two and a half podcast episodes. It's really to net two and a half. So some weeks I'll record three. Some weeks I'll record two. I don't know if they're, or like, uh, yeah, I don't, like, if you record, if I record one, it'll be not, you know, so you'd probably say, Scoots is up uh, for sure. Uh, but so, like, in a perfect week, I just record two and a half episodes every week for the week that comes up that I can't record. Or, yeah, I only record one episode. So then at the end of the month, I've recorded an average of two every single week so I can keep the train going. Uh, so what was my what was my point though in there? I don't know. So I was talking about recording. Oh, so I recorded the intro yesterday. A lot of times, my preferred method, depending no most of the time, if I'm going to record an entire episode in one day, is to do the thank yous first. And the reason I do the thank yous first, I think this would be a meta episode, but the reason I do the thank yous first is to focus my mind on the listeners to to your ears. Uh, uh, the person that's listening, you, of course, uh, right here. 
and that helps quiet any perfectionism or internal criticism to say, hey, I'm here. I'm thankful for the people listening to the show. Thank you. And I'm here to serve. And I'm here to serve the brain, my brain bots. I'm here to serve the listeners. And that really helps uh, frame making a show for me. And because sometimes I get, occasionally I get an email, what's up with these thank yous? Or they throw me off. I think uh, it for me, it's just an, been an important part of the show for a long time. Not always. I don't know when we started it. And then the thank yous kind of were interrupting the flow of the show. So it's like we put them out in the end. Uh, what will the future be? I don't know. But uh, for now, uh, that's how I record. It also helps warm up my voice. Uh, this is a strange thing to say, but it's true, is lubricate my mouth to the right thing. So it's not over... Or I guess not lubricate, yeah, like to get it, get it to the right point uh, so my mouth doesn't have too much in it or not enough. Uh, if it doesn't have enough, then you could, you like, uh, just trust me on this. I've been doing it a while. Another thing is I'm always kind of very close to the mic because I'm, I'm here for you uh, in your ears. And so then I do the thank yous, and then I'll do the episode, and then I'll do the intro uh, a lot of times. Because uh, usually the episode's a little bit more structured, and I know what it it, it is. Sometimes I'll know what an intro is going to be or how I'm going to start it, but a lot of times I don't know. And that takes even more. The improvisational, it's tough to say, like, you can't pre, pre, do pre-production on the, improv, like, uh, the improvisational parts of the show. It's just been, you know, whatever, 20,000 hours or however long I've worked on this podcast for. Actually, not it's uh, like maybe like just rec- well, just recording 14,000. Yeah, well, a lot. Uh, but so it, it, like pre production, a lot of pre production. So when I'm sitting down to record an episode, a lot of pre production hours and hours have gone into prepping that if it's a, a like a TV show episode or a written episode, or even a lot of times like a, a made up episode, at least I have a general concept that I'm going in for. Tonight, not so much. I have a title, uh, The Greatest Greeter Ever, and a general idea. Uh, but So that's why I usually do the episode first, because I've already done a lot of, a lot of the work uh, to, to get ready. I don't know. That, uh, it just, see, when I'm war- really warmed up, I've been recording, like, uh, to record all of that, probably you're talking two, over, like, two, hour, two plus hours. Uh, depending on like how long it's taking me, so to do the intro at the end, I'm usually really warmed up uh, and pretty on, uh, or definitely not able. Or I'll be like, okay, I can't be like. So a lot of times I'll stop recording, and then I'll say, okay, uh, I never would want. Like say, okay, let's do something. I got to like. Uh, they say, okay, can we get the intro in? The 12 minute intro take uh, 25 minutes or something of recording time. With sometimes I have to stop, or it might be no. Like so, just like uh, I don't know. Yesterday, I guess it's all to say. Yesterday, I was recording an intro where the idea of the greatest greeter came up, and I was thinking of the story I had heard. Uh, because I was talking about deja vu, and, and I was thinking of things. And I was like, I thought I heard a story about the greatest greeter, or was that a dream? And sometimes I get a peek into alternative versions of myself, and it's been a while since we've done one of these style episodes. And if you're new and you're with me here, I'm you know I'm glad I can be here with you right now. Is uh, this is you're in for a little bit of a treat? So some comfort's going to come, but you know you can listen to this whenever. So you can also slip away whenever. But this is a style of episode. It's called "My Life with a Perm," and it takes a little bit of a setup. It is uh, so when I was born, I like uh, eventually. I think when you start off as a kid, you start off with like kid hair. But eventually your lifetime hair s- settles in at some point and maybe you're more blonde or your hair might, but, but at some point you get the hair, your f- hair f- follicles settle in and there, unfortunately I've learned this, there is no braces for hair and a lot of hair, you know, whatever, uh, 
I mean, I do think I do have, I don't think I have severe hair envy. I guess I have like a twinge of hair jealousy, but I more have a case all my life of what if, a hair what if, uh, which is a little bit more of a positive. It says it has a forlorn aspect, like what if, but what is the what if about, right, Scoots? Let's talk about that. So when my hair follicles settled in, and if you're a hair scientist, maybe this will blow your mind. Because, But if you're a scientist, you've seen things on the edge of science, uh, in the edge of whatever, random things, you know, born out of the, the, the you know, whatever. Maybe my hair came from a black hole. We, we, you know, wouldn't you have the science to back up uh, negating that? Oh, you already do. Okay, well, maybe somewhere else then. It was more of a metaphor, actually, believe it or not, brain scientists. But so at some point, um, when my hair follicles settled in and, and they said, okay, like your hair, it's weird. Do, do they, like, uh, I guess everybody's hair follicles clearly are timed differently, but they reach adulthood or maturity or something, you know, pretty fast. And since I'm just making things up, let's just say they reach it at like age uh, four or five or six. It's somewhere in there. It may have been even earlier. My hair follicles, a couple of things. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to blame the follicles. They're just in there producing, you know, the keratin or whatever the heck they're supposed to do. And they don't, I bet you they don't, they say, what is this? Uh, is this for heat or mating? And then they giggle for me, they, like uh, for both, actually. So when my hair follicles settled into their normal routine, I, I didn't have a natural part. I, and actually, like, people find this funny. I have no idea what a natural, like, I see it on people. And I always wondered, even as a kid, I said, is that a designed part or natural part? And I even researched it for the podcast and probably I forgot on purpose. Because they say, wait a second, do people's hair actually naturally part? And so that was one thing. I was born without a natural part. Uh, and my hair kind of grows like a fountain, like from the center out in a fountain-like way. Perfect for a bowl cut, which is what I had most of my life. Uh, and I think if if you weren't in, born in the great bowl cut era, I don't know if that's one that's going to come back and be hip again. Unfortunately, now my hair's a little bit less, so I don't think it, like my, or my forehead's expanded its territory. Uh, which is another another debate thing, but uh, so I don't think a bowl cut would work on me anymore. But so my hair is very very thin and very very fine and very very straight. Now I've seen finer hair, but believe me. Uh, I mean I wouldn't say my hair is silky because I never. It's so thin that it would be flat against my head. Like even if I grew it out, and I know there's been a few hair bands with uh, very thin flat hair. Uh, but it's like, it's like almost like there's no, there's only like one layer, like almost like a a piece of paper. Like if my hair was a piece of paper, it'd probably be tracing paper where most people are like dealing with like bond paper, you know, like you put a resume on mine, you don't, my hair resume, you'd be able to see through it. So it's very fine, very straight, very prone to cow licks. And it's really not designed for any haircut because other than a bowl cut, like I, 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 there was a time when I was like, what did you do to me, mom and dad? And I don't think I just had a bowl cut. At some point I had like a double bowl, like a two layer bowl, like a helmet, I guess more of a helmet cut. Uh, I had straight bangs across my forehead and then my back, my thing. So it wasn't like a, like a, something out of a car- cartoon bowl cut. And you know, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I had enough other things going on that my hair never bothered me till the hair, you know, then then other hairy regions, you know, in the, uh, uh, what are those things called? Uh, hormones behind them. It, it, like the, the evolutionary chain that said, this hair on your head, I don't know if it's to keep your brain warm or if it's for the other evolutionary things, but this hair on your head ain't working for that. It's actually a deterrent. And it was a slow realization for me. Uh, but for a time, actually, there, there was a foresight. And it was, uh, I think, probably in my prepubescent years. But when, you know, those, those, the, the, those like, things were already flowing into my bloodstream, they just hadn't hit uh, whatever the heck you call it. And this barber, 
So we went through a couple different barbers in our lives. And the, the uh, so there's a bunch of different uh, uh, barbers. Uh, but the one that was closest to this time in my life when I would go uh, where I would do like in this uh, like uh, middle school to high school era was this barber named Frank. And I think my friend, I got introduced to Frank from my friend Charlie who had great hair. And that, so I had, my friends all had good hair, all my close friends, I think. I'm trying to think of any of my close friends that had bad hair. No, I mean, one of my friends, Rick, he had amazing hair, but he was also very into, like, uh, he was he spent a lot of time on his hair. My friend Charlie, he had kind of a naturally good head of hair. My friend Pat and Chris, uh, they had, a, these are my friends at that age. Uh, let's see, who else? Kyle, Jeremy, yeah, they, they all had pretty good hair. But so, uh, but Charlie went to this barber named Frank and he said, oh, Frank will set you right or whatever. Don't like, that's the place to go. And he was just a very traditional barber. He had a perm at the time, I believe, or he had very curly hair, but I think he had a perm because I think I've seen him other times and he probably had, uh, you know, wavy hair, uh, but if, if he had a, a perm and if you want to know what it looks like, uh, there was a TV show called The Brady Bunch, and then it got made into movies. And you could just Google uh, whoever the dad, I don't know if the dad's name's Peter Brady, but just put Brady Bunch. And then the dad had, uh, I think for a lot of time, he had a curly hair, a perm. And in the 80s, I think it was, this was this was in the 80s or the 90s, it was right on that cusp uh, uh, I, I think they had already kind of peak. Pe- it was post perm peak for 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 uh, uh, men. Uh, but this barber was convinced that he. This is what he told me. He sat me down one time. He's giving me my hair, and I said, uh, "Every once in a while, I'd get to the point where I'd be like, I just need some. Help. I don't know what to do." Like, uh, and he was like, he was puzzled. He was spinning me around, walking around. Uh, he goes, listen, this is what we need to do. Grow it out more. So it's even more of a helmet bowl cut. And then you come in, we'll give you a perm. And I mean, he knew on the look at my face, this is controversial. And he said, it'll only be tight curls for a little while. And then it'll like, it'll become unwavy. And this was the times, you know, these are the times in the history of the universe, actually, that people say, you know, they say, this earth might be round. You know, this earth, the sun, we might uh, uh, rotate around the sun and not the other way, you know, that way. You know, let's try to fly. Uh, Let's build a flying machine or whatever. Let's, you know, let's be, be, let's, you know, and I want to dance. I love dancing. I'm going to do it, you know, as a career. I mean, those micro decisions are just as brave as the macro ones or, you know, this is, I'm going to dedicate my life to doing this uh, or to solving this. And for me, I guess this was a monumental decision. And and as they say on cartoons, it's like maybe there was the universe is split at this point. Well, I know because I've gotten glimpses. Now, there's some good things we owe to my decision, which was like, no, no way. Or I said, probably, maybe let me think about it. I don't, I don't think I had the courage to say, no, no way. I said, let me think about it. Let me talk to my parents about it. And I think I told my friends, and they all laughed hysterically and said, yes, do it. Uh, and I knew that they were like, yes, it would be even more hilarious uh, when I have to go to school with a tight perm. And I, I, sometimes I was a goofball I am on this podcast, and I think if I had a tiny bit more courage of goofiness or a little bit more, I was more of the subtle class clown. If I had more of the class clown clown, I would have gone for it. And it probably could have pulled it off as far as like, but I would have thought people were laughing at me, which in some sense, if you have the courage to get a perm, it will, as we'll see, like, uh, People can't laugh at you. It's it's uh, it's simple. Yeah, they can laugh at you, but it's like a laughter based on uh, the the dismay at your own self esteem because you said, "Well, yeah, I'm gonna rock his sperm. I'm gonna rock it all night and all day long, and I'm gonna shake these curly locks, and uh, that's who I am." 
I'm the kind of person that go says yes to Frank and says perm this thing. Uh, but at the time, I was more of like uh, I said no. <laughs> like I mean, internally I said never, no, not in a million years. Uh, but there is a universe out there where I did say yes, and I've had a glimpse of those episodes or those uh, that life, uh, and I've done some episodes. It's been a while. And uh, I don't know how long it's been. I think the last one was maybe Le Miz related. But recently, I was trying to remember being a like a, the greatest greeter ever. And because you know, there's like some stores in some businesses that have greeters, right? And at first, I was thinking, yeah, what if there was a store that had a great greeter? Would it be like a box store? Or would it be someone else? And I think I was kind of joking about that in the intro. But I did. It was thinking about it, uh, like because it, it reminded me of the story, the greatest greeter ever. And I said, "Oh, it doesn't sound familiar." Until I rested, and then that other universe has settled on me, and then I could see myself in this, in this world. My name's Andy. And you know, it was a, this was actually like when Andy. There was a years, most of the time, my life was a perm is looking at my childhood. And this one was uh, as an adulthood. And it was my first vision towards Andy with a perm as a grown-up. And it was, I think, right around this time. And just because I got a perm, like, it, it was, like, sometimes if there's, like, a limitless number of universes occurring, that means there's a lot of friggin' universes, you know. And if only one thing changes in the universe, I know that everybody's got a, a point of view about that. But if, if just one boy uh, gets a perm and it, it tweaks his self-esteem in a way that he can walk through life with a head full of hair and permanent curls uh, that he can twang and twang, uh, he could grow and have them cascade. You know, there was a time in his college years, I think, uh, that they were cascading. It doesn't change everything. So this universe was a lot like our universe, and it was just this time. And I got a glimpse of Andy, and he still had that perm. And uh, so what happened was, uh, you know, Andy was wondering, and Andy was actually thinking about his childhood, which was pretty similar to mine. Uh, uh, but he, he had gotten a perm er, even earlier that's why his esteem, you know, that, that was the whole thing. He had met Frank earlier in his life. You think around first grade, or maybe he returned. I think, I can't remember. There's a lot of, you know, you know the movie, uh, what was that movie called? Uh, with, where they kept going back and forth. Uh, it was Independent Made. I'll think of it. It's one word. But uh, anyway, so this was Andy as a man, but he remembered uh he was one day, he was, you know, spiraling his curls, doing a, a curl bump. That's what he liked to do sometimes when he was thinking, which is kind of lifting your curls up uh, like they wet. You know, it, it just feels good. Uh, you go ahead, even imagining doing it feels good. And, you know, he did go through stages where he had Goldilocks-style curls. And it never became a thing, and it always kind of made him... Uh, it kind of like gave an advance warning. Like he was never suited for the corporate world, clearly, because people couldn't take him seriously. But then the people that could deal with him, it was like I called it the curl cascade. Because when I was trying to write Andy's autobiography, when I find out these stories, at first, when people first met him, if they didn't have any forewarning, they'd be a little bit like, what in the, you know, what's going on with this person? Uh, and. Then after they left, they say, "Well, he's he, he's an interesting fellow, and he has that hair going." But there was something about him, je ne sais quoi, as they do say, and people would be like, "Huh." Uh, and then the the second or third time, just like this podcast, in some way, they say, oh, "Okay, I get the it, it aligns perfectly. I get it now. It's, it's ostentatious, but in a way with without a it's it's showing a non showy It's beyond understanding. It's a curl cascade, and then it would die down, and and it would be in alignment with them so much that they wouldn't even notice. You know how that happens. 
and it wouldn't come out of it wouldn't even come out of misalignment. It'd be permanent alignment. It'd be like, well, that's who Andy is. He's the, he's like uh, be like, who's that dude with the perm? And they'd be like, well, who? What? Oh, you mean Andy? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, like uh, it's just uh, what's up with his perm? Oh, you don't know what? Like uh, you just haven't met him, huh? Like. Uh, it wouldn't even be like a thing they'd they'd feel. It was so aligned that they would feel like uh, it's hard to even explain. And in some sense, they'd say, "Don't worry. You'll, you'll once you get to you're, you're going to be working with them. Uh, you'll get to you'll figure it. It'll be you'll, it'll be great. Uh, and you know maybe he'll let you twang. He does like uh, one day. Uh, yeah, totally." Wait, so Andy was living in a world just like ours, doing, you know, we won't get into what he's doing. Maybe it could be a sleep sleep podcast, or it could have been a daytime podcast. I'd like to say that uh, Andy would make a podcast like Everything is Alive or something. Uh, cool, like that. Ian already makes that one, though, but I don't, I don't think Ian has a perm, but probably he has nice hair from his headshots. But so... Uh, what was he saying? So, oh, so Andy was living in this world. He was a little stumped. He said, uh, you know, done all these things, uh, great, great, you know, great accomplishments for him. But in the history of the world, you know, just account, you know, he's just being a human out there doing human stuff and, you know, going through the trials and travails uh, as we all do. But he remembered from his childhood Joy Germ Joan, who's come up on this podcast before, uh, who was this real person in Syracuse, New York, uh, who my dad worked with uh, for for a time, who had the Joy Germ Foundation. And Andy was thinking that uh, she was on to something, like, uh, and he was remembering the parade and how she said it was like uh, free hugs before there was free hugs, which I don't think is around too much anymore. Which I guess in the U.S. kind of makes sense. Uh, and Andy said, "Yeah, I remember there was like uh, he started to think about all these kind of positive movements." And then he remembered this memory we shared, which blew my mind. And it was this rainy day, and this is a real memory uh, that sits with me in this uh, positive, strange world of dreams and realities. And it was in Golden Gate Park, and it was a very, very rainy day. And for the Bay Area, it was daytime, but it was even raining so much that it was like a dark. We don't get the uh, tea storms too much, uh, so it never gets like really dark. But this was like a dark, rainy day, and it was driving in Golden Gate Park, and I passed a man uh, in a rain slicker with a yellow rain slicker with a yellow rain slicker hat. And he was this African-American man and he was holding a teddy bear also in a rain slicker with a rain slicker hat, yellow rain slicker, one of those raincoats that goes all the way down, yellow boots and a yellow, uh, umbrella, uh, holding the bear and the umbrella in one arm and waving and smiling uh, at everyone they drove by. And it was like something of a dream. And then it happened to be that we were looping and we passed him again and he was still there waving. And I was in a car with other people and I had this, uh, I was just drawn in, in an amazement uh, at this man who was just so yellow and so vibrant, uh, and his smile and his energy and he was exuding joy in the rain, in the teddy bear. And they didn't know if it was like uh, what it was. And it, I mean, I guess at the time I didn't think anything of it, but Andy did. And like 12 Galaxies Frank, like Andy kind of like, uh, I mean, when something Andy did was like uh, look into these kind of things. And maybe it was just mystery. I don't know. This was actually, I didn't get a glimpse into Andy in the uh, the man in the yellow slicker. Um, but it was something that Andy always held to his heart, where I kind of like let it drift in out, in and out of me. Andy couldn't forget it. Uh, his curls, uh, he would wake up uh, when he was feeling a bit of the rainy gloom inside. He would picture that man waving at him. 
in the rain, vigorously waving when he waved back uh, and smiling and just standing there, just in, in not just standing anywhere, just in like a random uh, spot on the side of the road. And uh, just just something mysterious and something surprising. And so Andy never forgot it. He, he, he just sat there in his memory, kind of like me and Dr. Demento. And at this particular time in the world, Andy was living in, he said, huh, like, uh, he was sitting around, he was hearing the stuff and reading the stuff and saying, uh, you know, uh, I want to do something, but I don't want to do something like with any budding going in. Cause he goes, this is, he goes, we live in this world that's full of but budding into budding into budding and he said, I don't, I, but I, I feel like I need to take some action, some positive action. He goes, but there's all this, you know, he goes, I, I feel like we've moved to a place beyond debating. And he goes, I'm not into the beret. You know, he goes, that whole thing. And he goes, I don't know what to do. And then he saw the man in the yellow slicker waving at him. And uh, he sat there and he said he felt better about the state of things uh, for a time. But then he said, okay, maybe this is calling me to action. Maybe. And then he thought about Joy Germ Joan and that she believed in the infectiousness of joy. And Andy started to think, well, this man proves it. Uh, that, that he, he, goes, he goes, huh, is, is it a matter of having enough? And where do we start? Uh, and he said, okay, well, and he, he went into to research, uh, but the yellow slicker man remained a mystery. And he kind of left uh, Joy Germ Joan uh, as a mystery. He said, okay, I need to do something new. And he goes, well, I start, start right there. And he, like me, like he was a little bit more extroverted. And I don't know how Andy tests out on the, the, the Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or any of those things. But I do know we have a little bit of shared history. And that Andy discovered, much like I did, uh, that waving at people uh, does create, and smiling and saying hi can create like a, establish some intimacy even when you're not comfortable or you're not good at small talk. And maybe Andy learned that I, like I didn't, that it could be a bridge to small talk and then a bridge to, to, to deeper and broader relationships instead of a supplement. But so Andy had kind of said, what about this waving and smiling thing and that man waving and so Andy set to it, and, and he, he set to uh, going out and just standing in places. And then he thought about uh, the dancing guy, you know, all these other people that were doing these great things. Uh, but he said, okay, let me think about just uh, going out there and waving and smiling at people. And he thought about uh, the places, again, where people aren't always in the best of moods. So he started at places like... Uh, the DMV in different offices, uh, and you just wave at people, and he found that uh, the results were mixed. And that uh, he, he he said, "Okay, well, I guess I got to like figure out uh, upping my game a bit." Uh, but he had also learned kind of the idea that uh, okay, not too much eye contact. Uh, you're waving like he goes. You don't want to be confusing. Because he found that was one of the things was like, okay, how do we get around the confusion? He goes, there's some people that just take it in stride and like being waved and hide to, or they're willing to go along with it. And he goes, there's probably the grouch people, like a little bit like Drew in the other universe, that uh, just put their head down and keep walking. And he goes, there's this receptive people, but then there's the people that say, what is it like? There's a varying spectrum of people that are like, uh, what does this person want uh, versus do I know them and do I for, forget them? So he said, okay, how do I broaden this? How, how do I, he, he really used empathy and compassion or maybe just empathy to put himself in everyone's shoes. And I think Andy was a bit more data oriented. So he was keeping track of like uh 
And he, he was actually a person that asked for help, so he started asking around. And in this universe, Len Test, Andy and Len Test were friends. In my universe, like Len Test is a cool hero, but uh, Len Test was great at crunching data. So they started, uh, and then thinking about uh, the industry of joy. But this is something Andy was like, uh, we, we, I want to take what I've learned from the joy industry and de- in, some, in some sense deindustrialize joy, like Joy Germ Joan was trying to do. But also to kind of break, de- like uh, to say, uh, find a way around these initial walls so that people like Drew keep up or, or whatever. Like, uh, so he, he started crunching the data and the really said, okay, well, this is too good. Because just waving at people only works for the people it works for. And for the other people, it might actually take them from a neutral place to, to he goes just a tiny twinch in the, the saying well that can't put me in a grouchy mood or hey i don't know who that person is that's waving at me what did i forget uh so he said okay and they also learned hey these he goes these he goes these are places where people have to go it do need something uh but then he, he said well there's a little bit of a, it's a bit mired and then Andy thought about, uh, the, believe it or not, me and Andy went to the same. Th- you would think Andy with his perm wouldn't uh, know about have to be therapy, but he went to the same therapist as I did. And the therapist was helping him with, you know, inter- interpersonal stuff. And it said, uh, here's a book, uh, How to Work a Room, about, uh, now, I, I didn't read it. I took it. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, I totally read that book, uh, all the time. I'm totally working that. But Andy read the book and took it in stride. And I think one of the lessons in there is kind of like pretending you're the host of the party. And Andy said, is there a way to wave where you pretend you're host party? No. And then Andy thought back to the kind of uh, the, 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 the business of making people happy. And he talked to, he started talking around to people and listening and learning and he probably had facts and stuff. I'm just recounting the story. And people would say, and he heard so many tales, though, about the greatest greeter ever. They're like, oh, like, surely she like ran this shop or she worked, uh, you know, welcoming people to the park. Or, oh, you know, you know, remember Bamba John was always offering to help no matter what, always had a smile on his face, uh, so he started hearing all these stories, and instead of doing that, Andy reached out to these people and got a hold of them and said, hey, I heard about, like, and he would talk to them and interview them, I mean, like, uh, probe them. And he would say, how did you, I really want to know more about this and, and what your skills were. How'd you, how'd you, how, and like, what did you learn? And they say, oh, well, I learned this, uh, well, I just like doing it, uh, just feels good. And I just like people. He heard all these great answers. And they said, well, I'd like you to, I'm working on something. And I'd like you to, uh, and I think probably this would make sense. They started a podcast called The Greatest Greeter. Uh, So let's just say that he did start a podcast called The Greatest Greeter. And he started to learn about uh, being nice to people and and how to to, uh, penetrate these walls. And he's, you know, because he had that perm, anytime, you know, he'd say, well, this isn't always easy. And he'd touch his curls or he'd roll his hands over his curls or he'd pump, pump his curls. Or after a good thing, he'd, you know, shake his head. Or if he needed a little bit more confidence which before going into some greeting situation, greeting training, because he started taking the training. He started taking these jobs for a time and greeting people, and he started to kind of say, what, what do we need, what do people need to know? And he said, okay, well, this is what we're shooting for, so the great greet-off. Uh, but he said, how am I going to do a great greet-off where it continues and rolls forward? He goes, I don't want to just have one thing. But everybody was like, well, if you do the great greet-off, it'll be, and he said, well, what about this and this? Uh, he goes, is there a lot way to start smaller? And he said, well, let's build up. And he, he started to gain this momentum. 
And there was something about a figurehead that, uh, you know, like uh, he did have a little bit extra forehead, but he still had those curls. He still had the perm going. And he still had a twinge of introversion. But he said, I want to get past this uh, this thing. He goes, you know, I've lived my life. I'm not perfect. Uh, I've been non-greeting a, a lot. Uh, but I want to be empowered by all this. Uh, I've been inspired by the man in the yellow rain slicker and Joy Germ Joan. And a lot of these other people out here now, the Greens... People at Night Vale Presents and Radiotopia and all these independent people, uh, Max and Alex, people like uh, Cards. Like he said, he said, okay, like, uh, and Andy was better at getting it. So, so he started reaching out and he said, they said, okay, let's start small. Let's build momentum towards the great greed off. And so they started, like, and, and I think they probably gamified it for some people. Maybe they, you know, they said, hey, let's put this in for, you know, let's add, instead of dancing in Fortnite, let's add waving and smiling. And that, that uh, is a sh- like a shield booster when someone's nearby only. And they wait, like you choose for at least that time period to just wave and greet. And they, they got it across platform. And so they started with waving and smiling at people and making eye contact, and it started to gain momentum. And then they started to reconnect with these other things. Uh, I don't know if Andy ever got a hold of the man in the yellow rain slicker, but he talked to Frank, who walked the streets of San Francisco, who I just saw last weekend, walking around. And Frank's more chill and quiet, but, you know, and he talked to, he got a hold of Joy Germ Joan. He talked to people that do these pillow fights and free hugs and dancing. Because the other thing is Andy didn't want to reinvent the wheel. He wanted to use, was art, people were already out there doing this. Uh, and he wanted to bring them together. And again, remember, Andy had this sperm. So anytime... Uh, at first, people like were like, "Okay, this like does it? I'm supposed to take you seriously?" And they they'd say, "Okay, who's behind this uh, great 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 off? Uh, the guy with the perm is." And he 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 started to get, kind of get get it more and more. And they said, "Okay, yeah, people are getting into this waving and smiling, and then saying, hey, 'Hey, how's it going?' Uh, more and more." And then it started, like he said, okay, let's get, let's start getting people at doorways. And I think cards helped them gamify it. And Arnie and, uh, you know, some some of the people that Arnie works with, they helped to make it fun and and kind of make it more social. So then they started getting people at these doors of these buildings and they say, just holding doors and saying, hey, how's it going? And then they started to figure out, like, a non-purchasing way, though you could purchase ways of dressing or a certain color uh, to let people know, oh, when I see that color, uh, and they started to build on it. They said, well, geez, what if someone's, uh, they need a little break uh, or they're feeling, you know, they're having intense feelings. You could look for these this greeter uh, symbol. I don't know. I can't. Andy didn't tell me. You know, when you see into another universe, it's not always that clear. But they started to get people at doorways and on the streets and at parks. Uh, and they started to say, okay, whatever. And then Andy said, okay, you know what? Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's the greatest greet-off. We'll have the greatest greeter ever. And then we'll have the greeter of the year. He goes, we got to figure out a way to make this a quarterly events. Uh, and then they then they said, well, let's just do a tour. Well, we'll get a tour. And then they said, well, maybe we should just do arts grants. And, and, and Andy was partnering with so many people. Uh, and it kind of became an independent movement. They said, well, we're not really in charge of this. It's uh, do, do, do it yourself, you know, do it locally. Uh, but it was really this idea of empowering people with the kindness of greeting and celebrating the greeting. And then they caught fire. People started to say, holy cow, like this great greet ops, it just, it's kind of like, uh, these neighborhood black parties that people do and, and all these other things. And, and, uh, uh, cross globally, 
And then the idea of welcoming tourists and visitors to, to your cities, your nations, of welcoming people to, to your nation to, to come and say, hey, uh, welcome, Good, glad you're here. Uh, it sounds like, you, you you know, come on in, you, you know. Uh, if you're a Fuji, we're here, you know, to, to let me host you. Let me, let me help you find a place. Let me help you find, you know. So it became this whole idea of greeting and welcoming and empowering and saying, well, okay, well, just greet. What if you just greet, you know, start small. Uh, start with the smiling and the waving. You know, you don't have to go all the way to our end. We're doing that on our end. And it became a, like a, as the greatest greeter who uh, like uh, is started to become clear who would that be? It wasn't Andy. It was uh, someone else, and and she started to say, "Geez, let's do like uh, if we're we're not happy about it, you know, let's find a way to mix this into activity and action, uh, where it's empathy and compassion first. Uh, is that part of a greeting too? It's like, where are you coming? Let's make you feel safe and friendly and heard and understood. Uh, and then go from there, like, like a front room of a house. And it all started at these doorways, but then it became, yeah, game nights and black parties and performances. And everybody would ask, Andy, how'd you do it? Like, uh, everyone was calling Andy the greatest greeter, but obviously he was trying to say, no, no, this is who the greatest greeter is. Uh, and this is how we're going to roll forward with the greeter of the year and everything. But Andy kept coming back to these to the empowering message uh, that he was leading with, was that it was like, uh, uh, and eventually he had to speak when they were giving the greatest greeter of the year. Now, that hasn't happened yet. That's why I don't know who it is. I just know who's probably going to win. And that's in Andy's universe. But as he was working on a speech, he said, he was t I was watching him, and he said, you know, I've learned a lot from having this perm. And he told the story of the reverse of the story of like, what if I didn't get that perm? You know, what if, uh, and it, you know, worked out for me. So, so I said, Andy, don't worry about it. It worked out. Was it, you know, it may, may, you know, mistakes I made a few as they sing in that song. Esteem, it took a while for this esteem to build up, but, uh, you know, you're there. But he said, I learned from this perm a lot about interacting with other people. Because I always had to say, how are they seeing me? A strange person with uh, non-perm hair in a permanent, you know, super curly uh, haircut. And it's made the difference of seeing things and just wondering. You don't have to be in habit walking their shoes, but I do have to see things from their perspective and just take a breath there. And I've had to learn that uh, these micro actions are where it's at, uh, where somebody's in un, un, uh, un let's see, what's up with this dude's hair? I've had to say, hey, what's up? I'm Andy. Nice to meet you. And to try to diffuse things. And it's not the same, Andy said, but it's given me the ability to breathe in those moments. And not just to breathe, but to breathe in openness and a security to say, well, I have my perm here, but it's really just a haircut. It's really just a cascading symbol uh, that I'm going to be okay. And I'm open to seeing if this person could be okay too. You know, within reason, Andy said, well, this is like, uh, but Andy said, we're all uh, desperate for the next step to take. And greeting maybe is one of these next steps we can take. And Andy said, I want you to know that you're the greatest greeter. That's really, I, I forgot about this part. I'm reading Andy's speech as now. Uh, I think it's a mirror. And I think they did this on magazine covers and stuff. But uh, that every day you have the choice. And it's just a choice uh, for that day. Be like, you know what? Today I set the record for greatest greetings for today. I'm the greatest greeter ever today. And Andy said, you know, this, this personal empowerment, a personal empowerment of kindness and imagining, you know, my self-care comes from my ability to breathe and to check in with myself is hair-based. Uh, 
but other people who might be gate-based or uh, hand-based or touching your elbow or kissing your shoulder-based, your feet on the floor-based, uh, the wind on your cheek-based, uh, to say, here I am in this world, I'm inhabiting it, and I'm breathing, and I'm open to understanding and to kindness. Uh, for myself, let me give myself some greeting in the morning, in the evening. Let me empower myself to be kind to myself, Andy said. Let me empower myself uh, to be kind to my family. And let me empower myself not to be perfect. And to say, well, tomorrow, how how my greetings go today? Uh, well, maybe tomorrow we'll see. If I greet myself the right way, maybe I can, or maybe I need to sit down, Andy said, and wonder about that perm on that, and say, even if it's internally, and say, huh, a little grouchy today. This is when Andy probably was watching me. Uh, what was up with that? Okay, well. And Andy, you know, it's a great speech. I said, well, it was a greeter. We will have greeters of the year. But I'm more interested in the micro. and more interested in this gift uh, to you, from you, and to the world in a clearly powerful way. Undeniably powerful, Andy said. Uh, empowering yourself uh, to be the greatest greeter ever. Uh, it's my honor. And then, uh, you know, it's my honor to retell Andy's tale. And to say, yeah, get some rest. Uh, you deserve it. And you deserve to greet yourself uh, tonight. Uh, however, wherever you want to place your hands or your covers or your pillows. And, uh, you know, say, well, good night. Uh, it was a full day being human. And I'm here for you. And I'm here to breathe. And I, yeah, I'm here in my bed or wherever you are at your desk, uh, wherever it is. I say, yeah, I'm going to greet. I have the power of greeting. I have the power of breathing and presence, too. But I want to greet you. Uh, sometimes greeting is just saying, thanks for coming by and good night. I want to thank uh, the people who took the time to review stuff on Apple Podcasts. You can do that in the Apple Podcasts app or over at uh, on iTunes uh, in your desktop. I want to thank Iris V30, who said from uh, who said from the U.S., who said, "Thanks, Scooter. My partner and I listen every night without fail. Helps us both drift off, usually during the intro, with such as enjoyable. Uh, when I get to hear your stories, they're creative and clever. Thanks for all your hard work." Or Resi Bean says, uh, "Comfort in the deep dark. Uh, it's not just that it helps you fall asleep more easily, but he's a friend there to comfort you for the long, through the long and terrible hours of sleeplessness." It creates a cozy, safe place to ease you into sleep or comfort uh, when you're in unwelcome to wakefulness. I play it all night, every night. Uh, when I wake up in the middle of the night, scooters there, keeping the night friendly and safe, so I'm never alone. So well done. You're really kind. Uh, genius project. Thanks for helping me through the night. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, LJ27 from the UK says, uh, thanks for helping me. 16 and, and not much in a GOT or a good place or who. Yeah, they were like uh, friends or Annie with an E. Uh, but do, do, yeah, do, do, you could check out like our AMA sometimes, kind of get an idea of like, uh, uh, like it's it just uh, like I have to plan. Like I could keep those on my monitor for down the road, but the, especially the TV shows things that get planned out about a year ahead. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, find out more. Thanks for the support. Uh, Gannett G three stars. Uh, Totally charmed, uh, but bummed you can't make it past the intro. Uh, the husband also like uh, likes it a lot uh, when uh, they get in bed. Uh, you should give it a, a chance. Uh, they must have met, this sounds like a positive review, so three stars. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, I know you'll be there if I need it. Where this one's much more clearly a one star. It was too much like listening to NPR. Not impressed. It's from Shell, Shelly, Shell, from the U.S. <laughs> uh, but then Splotsum from the U.K. says, A suburbic silliness, uh, like many others, has dubious, and I gave it a go. And then another go, and then I was hooked. It works, aimless meandering, wandering stories, how to stop my brain. 
from thinking and let me so switch off and sleep in peace. Uh, it gives a humorous element to the frazzled brain, something to smile about. Only have not worked a couple times and I've been, you know, really stressed. Uh, please don't stop doing it. Uh, they've become a patron. They, they get so much value out of it. So thank you. Yeah, but this person has the opposite view. Al Girl 80 says, worse and worse. Uh, talk about Patreon too much. Uh, uh, like, like, like the prof, like the podcast giant is giantly profitable. Like, uh, they talk about it, which is ridiculous, uh, because it's a free podcast. Uh, sorry, a bit much. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, like, it, it takes me 90 hours a week to put the show out, uh, uh, so, um, goodbye Ambien, though, from Judas671, and no idea how this works, I wake up at 1 and 3 and 4.30 every morning, and turn the sound back to sleep in 10 minutes, I never listened to a whole show, tried white noise and different things to take, you know, to, to help sleep, but this works, uh, thanks. Uh, the T Reckoning says, uh, it is what it is and it's perfect. I wonder if, uh, if there's an episode of Scooter talking himself to sleep. Yeah, it was recently. I put myself to sleep in an intro. Uh, like, uh, maybe I'll try the intro I'm going to record after this. Uh, uh, then Daniel Daniel CH uh, says, it just works. I've had insomnia and I uh, used to take things, but I use uh, Sleep With Me. It helps me fall asleep fast. And I said, thanks, everybody. You know, if you're listening and you say, well, let me counteract some of that uh, extra energy with some positive energy, you just go uh, into your Apple Podcast app right built into your phone. If you don't listen on there, it's a great place to listen. And uh, take a second and write your honest review of the show. And uh, that's it. Sleep With Me is a proud member of Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the amazing shows over at nightvalepresents.com. We're also a member of PRX. You can check out everything they do at prx.org. And Sleep With Me is mainly brought to you by our sponsors and uh, mostly by all our patrons uh, who uh, subscribe to a free podcast, uh, Rebels With Cause. Uh, you can do that at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-O-N. And uh, let me tuck you in there. Good night. Uh, uh, look, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, on, with the show, on with the sleep. Or if you need another episode, go ahead and play another one. I'm here. You know, I could be here all night if you need it. Uh, uh, good night.